Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Courts Today, your daily dose of legal news from courts across the country. My name is Ostika Das and I will be hosting this segment for the rest of this week. The most important news from the Supreme Court today is its order on the rallies by Vishwa Hindu Parishad and Bajrang Dal in the Delhi NCR region. For those who are unaware, Haryana's NU has been witnessing a bout of communal violence which eventually spread to the neighbouring Gurugram in Delhi NCR. Vishwa Hindu Parishad and Bajrang Dal took out rallies and protest marches today in the capital in response to this communal violence. In the morning today, an application was filed in the hate speech case pending before the top court asking for the court to urgently intervene. Senior advocate C.U. Singh mentioned the matter before a bench headed by the Chief Justice of India, taking note of the apprehension expressed by the applicant that the rallies and marches would lead to large-scale violence, the top court agreed to hear the urgent application at 2pm today. Accordingly, a special bench of Justices Sanjeev Khanna, who is a part of the constitution bench hearing the pleas over Article 370, and Justice S.V. Bhatti was constituted. While the court refused to preemptively stay any rally or protest march in light of its earlier order in joining the state to act against instances of hate speech, the bench categorically instructed state authorities of UP, Haryana and Delhi, including the police, to ensure that no violence breaks out, that there are no instances of hate speech, that adequate number of additional and paramilitary forces are deployed wherever required, and that CCTV footage is used and video shot in sensitive areas and the footage preserved. Issuing these guidelines, the court directed the matter to be listed for this Friday. Today, the Supreme Court commenced hearing the batch of petitions challenging the dilution of Article 370 of the Constitution of India, which stripped the erstwhile state of Jammu and Kashmir of its special status. The Constitution bench comprising Chief Justice of India D.Y. Chandachur and Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul, Sanjeev Khanna, B.R. Gawai and Surya Kant is hearing the matter. In today's proceedings, Senior Advocate Kapil Sibal argued that Article 370 was no longer a temporary provision and that it had assumed permanence post the dissolution of the Constituent Assembly of Jammu and Kashmir. The Senior Counsel contended that Article 370 was placed as a temporary provision under Part 21 of the Constitution because the Constitution makers foresaw the formation of the Constituent Assembly of Jammu and Kashmir and it was understood that this Assembly would have the authority to determine the future course of Article 370. Notably, he also argued that the concurrence of this Constituent Assembly was a prerequisite for the abrogation of Article 370. The Indian Parliament, he said, could not convert itself into a Constituent Assembly under the current constitutional framework. He also argued that in view of the historical context surrounding the instrument of accession and the constitutional relationship between the state of Jammu and Kashmir and the Indian government, all residuary powers lay with the state government of Jammu and Kashmir. At the end, he also argued that under Article 3, it was impermissible to convert an entire state into a union territory, assailing the move to reorganize the erstwhile state of Jammu and Kashmir into two union territories, the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir and the Union Territory of Ladakh. The Supreme Court has reserved its verdict on a batch of pleas in connection with the Directorate of Enforcement seeking custody of DMK leader and Tamil Nadu minister Senthil Balaji in connection with a cash for job scam in the state. Balaji and his wife have both filed separate petitions challenging a verdict of the Madras High Court holding that the central agency was entitled to take him into custody. There were two main points of contention. 
First was whether the provision relating to police remand under section 167 of the Code of Criminal Procedure would apply to the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. The petitioner said that section 167 would only be activated once the magistrate took cognizance of the offences and not before it, meaning that the ED had no power to seek police remand. On the other hand, the ED argued that such a truncated form of section 167 could not be said to be applicable and it would apply as a whole in the absence of anything in PMLA which ran contrary to the CRPC. The second issue was whether the period Balaji spent in a hospital within 15 days from his initial arrest would be excluded in light of the judgment in Anupam Kulkarni. While the petitioners argued that there was no recourse available to the ED since once the clock had started running it could not be turned back. Solicitor General Tushar Mehta vehemently argued that since the ED was prevented from performing its duty of custodial interrogation owing to a high court order allowing Balaji to be hospitalized, the time ought to be excluded from the calculation of the 15-day period. It must also be noted that today, the bench of Justices A.S. Bopanna and M.M. Sundresh also declined the request of the central agency to pass any urgent order regarding their request to take Balaji into custody. The Supreme Court has granted interim bail to M. Sivasankar, former Principal Secretary to the Chief Minister of Kerala, for two months on medical grounds. Sivasankar had approached the top court seeking bail in a money laundering case in connection with the Life Mission corruption case on grounds of ill health. Life Mission Project, with life standing for livelihood, inclusion and financial empowerment, is a housing project initiated by the Kerala government for the homeless. The interim bail was granted by a division bench of Justice A.S. Bupanna and Justice M.M. Sundresh on the ground that Sivasankar required surgery and post-operative care. However, the Apex Court made it very clear that he cannot visit any other place other than the hospital and his home during the period of bail. A public interest litigation has been moved before the Allahabad High Court seeking a direction to the Uttar Pradesh government to seal the entire Gyanwapi mosque premises without affecting the ASI survey order of the Varanasi court so that, and this is what the petitioner has said, no damage can be done by non-Hindus or non-Sanatani to Hindu signs or symbols present inside the premises. The plea has been moved by the chief of the Vishwavedic Sanatan Sangh, Jitendra Singh Visen. Rakhi Singh, who is the first plaintiff in the Gyanwapi worshipping suit pending before the local Varanasi court and others. As per the averments made in the PIL, the petitioners intend to, and I quote, save the centuries-old remains of Sri Adi Vishweshwar temple in Varanasi and they seek the protection of the Shivlinga, allegedly found in the Gyanwapi mosque and other visible and invisible deities in the precinct of the temple. The Karnataka High Court has said that journalists Print and electronic media cater to the needs of the general public by publishing important news items and they owe a social responsibility to maintain peace and tranquility. A single judge bench of Justice V. Shishananda said that the publication of news item has wide implications on the society at large and therefore reports carried out in the print and electronic form are required to be strictly in accordance with the guidelines issued by the Press Council of India. It added that using the words Taliban, Gunda are per se intolerable and beyond the scope of the guidelines issued by the Press Council of India. The bench said that the members of the print and electronic media are expected to carry news items in a most decent manner. 
the bench expressed that print and electronic media or journalists form the fourth pillar of democracy and they should work and act in that regard with utmost care and caution. The Madras High Court has granted bail to Muhammad Abbas, a Madurai-based lawyer who was arrested by the National Investigation Agency under the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act for his alleged links with the banned Popular Front of India. The bench of Justice M. Sundar and Justice R. Saktivel allowed the appeal preferred by the lawyer against the order of a special court denying him bail. The court, however, dismissed another quash petition filed by the lawyer and said that the arguments regarding malicious initiation of proceedings could be raised during the trial. Notably, the court also rejected an oral request made by the special public prosecutor seeking certificate for an appeal to the Supreme Court under Article 134A of the Constitution. The Bombay High Court today slammed Mumbai police officials who allegedly illegally detained a music teacher for a day and stripped him naked in the lockup to humiliate him. The bench of Justices Revati Mohite Dere and Gauri Gotse also expressed shock at the high-handedness of the police officials while dealing with the accused and the fact that he was detained overnight in a bailable offence. The teacher has been accused by his student of speaking indecently with her and stalking. He has been booked by the police under Section 354A of the Indian Penal Code. However, the accused has maintained that he was wrongly accused of stalking his student, which he claimed could be backed up with voice recordings. In an affidavit, he has alleged that the police officers were unwilling to listen to him and prevented him from leaving the police station when he went to submit his evidence. While he was in lockup, they allegedly stripped him naked. The petitioner was produced only after his wife filed a habeas corpus petition. The division bench today directed the Deputy Commissioner of Police, Akbar Pathan, to retrieve the CCTV footage from the police station and the lockup, besides threatening the official respondents with costs as well as compensation. Not only did the court take the teacher's affidavit and the police officer's unconditional apology on record, but it also sought the state's response to the fresh affidavits. Noting that the petitioner in the present case had the means to approach the High Court, the bench also wondered what happens to those who cannot afford to come to court. We have come to an end of this episode. If you liked our compilation, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Hit the bell icon to get notifications whenever we upload a video and visit our website www.livelaw.in to read our detailed reports. I'm your host Ostika Das and I will see you again tomorrow.